home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we got you for the next two hours. You already know the drill, or at least you should, you knuckleheads. Between us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. If you want to find out the rest, if you want to get involved with us here, you can get at us on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 Duh. What's up, cousin? How we doing on this Thursday? Man, we one day closer to game day, man, so you know I'm excited about it. Creeping closer to the weekend, to game day, to M&T Bank Stadium out there in Baltimore. Mozi, tell me a little bit about what that. what's that like, you know, on, on game day, on the road, specifically in Baltimore, right? When you're rolling up on the bus to M&T Bank Stadium and you see all that nasty, those purple camo pants that their fans like to wear. What, what What's that feeling like? When you know you're about to go play the Ravens on the road. Oh, man, that's enemy territory. You know, you go in those places, and it's hostile from the beginning, but you want it that way. You want the nasty looks. You want the, oh, I ain't going to let you get ahead of me in line. Good. I don't want to let you get ahead of me either. And if you were going to let me get ahead of you, I won't go and take it because I don't like you. I don't want nothing from you, you know? And that's the vibe, though. I mean, it's like that even at the airports, the hotels. Mm -hmm. But it's fun that way because I do feel like it's reciprocated. When they come to Pittsburgh, I do feel like they get a nice unhostile no 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 very hostile pittsburgh welcome every time and that's the part of the rivalry that makes it what it is yes when you get the fan base when you get the young kids getting involved and they're screaming at you their parents screaming at you <laughs> i'm like man i don't even know are you like 10 dude like what do 10 you year olds cussing you out <laughs> what's going on here but for me man i've always been a guy that i've just enjoyed being in hostile environments yeah if we're gonna be on the road make it feel like the road it's not the one playing Right, you go on the road and it's like, oh, all right, this is a home game again. It's like, it's cool as long as it's like every once in a while. But I'm like, man, sometimes I, I miss the hostile. I sure, miss the, sure. hey, we are the enemies over here, you know? But that is the part of just the brand of the Steelers and stuff like that. 100%. But that's why it's rare that we get those occasions, which is why you hear us when we talk about, hey, favorite stadiums. You hear me say Ravens, mm -hmm. Chiefs, New England. Places where their fan bases weren't going to allow Steel Nation to just take over. Because they care, too. Right, because yeah. they care. Absolutely. It's not L.A. It's not Jacksonville. Right. You go to some of these places, and it's like, oh, 50-50, 60-40, Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we don't play a lot of away games, so it kind of feels weird when we go to these stadiums. It's like, oh, this is like our, our alternative right. home site. To yeah. other rabid fan bases yes. as well, too. That's about it. But, no, I do I, – I always enjoyed that about Baltimore. I always respected that about Baltimore is that their fans let it be known that, hey, this is Baltimore. This isn't Pittsburgh East. This this isn't, you know, the Maryland Steelers. You're not going like, to come in here like uh -uh. it's Cleveland like, and, and not kick at us all. around. You're not and, taking over this. Like, yeah. I don't care who we put out Eat there. Eat our food, yeah. drink our liquor, kiss mm -hmm. our woman, right, as our buddy – Devin and Denver I'm about to say, don't, don't, don't put the kiss on woman on me. I don't want them problems. Lord. <laughs> well, you know, my wife is to this show, man. You better stop. <laughs> yeah, mine too. And she's working from home this week, so she really might be listening. Oh, no. All right, forget that. Dump yes. button. Dump no, button. No kisses. No kisses. <laughs> Motsi, we, it, it appears, and you never know because with the COVID protocols, this is something I want to talk to our buddy Brian Bacco about, and we'll do that about 25 minutes from now on the show. With the COVID protocols, it, it's different now. You can still, there's still technically enough time for the guys who are put on COVID protocol today to potentially test negative and play on Sunday. But they're certainly up against it. That timeline is certainly condensed. And in case you missed the news, you know, we got some good COVID news yesterday. We talked about that on the show. A lot of guys coming off the COVID list. 
well, there's always a yang to that yin, right? Yin to that yang. Mm -hmm. And that was today some unfortunate news. Deontay Johnson, the Steelers' leading receiver, and uh, Kendrick Green both going on to the COVID list. That was just announced uh, about an hour or so ago. Again, we'll talk more about this with our buddy Brian Backo. But Motsi, on the surface, going on the road in a hostile environment, last game of the season, one that you, you know, still in theory, and you and I have talked about, it's it's a it's a tough climb, it's it's a tall ask, but there still is a chance that the playoffs are, are you know, you are not officially eliminated yet, so you obviously have to go into this and take care of your business. Man, I really thought that this was going to be a game for Deontay Johnson to shine. You know, the Ravens' secondary has been depleted with injuries this year. Um, I believe they have given up the most pass yards mm -hmm. in the entire National Football League. To lose Deontay Johnson before you're about to play an opponent like this, that's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not ideal. Um, it sucks if we're being <laughs> yeah, real about you might, it. you might say that. Well, and the reason I say that is because he has been the most consistent receiver that we've had this season, even with his – you know, Agreed. drops of lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when he's having his drops, he's still doing what? Touching paint, getting in the end zone in every game that we've seen when he's had a moment like that. To me, that is the part where I'm just more so, I feel like you feel that loss on a play-in and play-out basis because his toughness, because he's always a guy that Ben somehow just finds a way to get him the ball. And we know he just creates natural separation a lot easier and more frequently, very similar to Ray Ray McLeod, which is why both of those guys get as targeted as much as they do. But when you think about Chase, that's the part where I'm saying to myself, man, this could be a little bit more difficult for him because of now he's going to have a lot more attention and he already kind of struggles with getting separation per se. So this is, this definitely makes it interesting, man. Yeah, it does. Like I said, it's not definitive that, that those guys that, you know, particularly Deontay Johnson, the, the one that would feel like the huge absence, as we did just see uh, J.C. Hassenauer play very well. I'm, okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Play well at the center position on Monday he, night. He played well enough. Played well enough. <laughs> played well enough that when I'm sure when people saw this uh, updated list, I don't know if they were, you know, all the way upset about it. <sighs> I hate but to we, say it. yeah, we don't, we, you know, it. even with that, we don't want Kendrick Green dealing with any right. illnesses. Not, not from a health standpoint, and but in all in all seriousness, though, in terms of just the availability part, depth too. Yeah, Let, what if JC gets injured in the first quarter yeah, and Kendrick Green man. isn't available? All of a sudden, we'll be wanting for Kendrick Green pretty bad out there. Um, Deontay Kendrick Green again. It, it, it's going to be a tall task, but they're not going to be officially ruled out until they are. Uh, Joe Hayden. And Keith Butler also placed on the reserve well, COVID list this. yesterday after we got off air. And I'll say this. I know initially when the season started, we had this invincible perception that, oh, COVID to the NFL players doesn't matter because we hadn't seen any of them have symptoms. We hadn't seen any of them potentially miss games. But I don't know if you've been realizing, but that has been changing. Even with them making the changes in the amount of time it takes to return, guys have been missing games. Think about, I mean, just right here in Pittsburgh, how long was Banner mm -hmm. on that list? How long was Bush on that list? Like Zach Banner. You know what I mean? Like we, we've seen that just of lately. So that's my other part. Whereas when I see these guys pop up now, I feel a lot different compared to earlier on where we really weren't seeing any other guys NFL wise, not even just Pittsburgh, but just NFL wise, really suffering from symptoms. Now that is becoming a little bit more commonplace these past couple of weeks. <sighs> Mozi, I mean, just. I was just talking facts. That's all. I'm sorry. Can we? Can we? Just, can know. COVID kick rocks in 2022, man? I mean, I'm it hasn't just, been kicking rocks technically. 
you know, we, 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 we're, we're back seeing people all the time in our studios now. You know, we've got these new studios. We're all on the same floor as opposed to our old building where we were on different floors and everyone was kind of staggered. There's a lot more common area here mm-hmm. in this building, right? Is that, that probably the best way to say yeah. it? Um, and, you know, like I, I, coming in this morning, I saw Abby on the X, who I haven't seen in like two years. You know, my good friend Abby, she was doing mornings on the X forever. She does afternoons now. She's the PD, the program director of the X. And she gave me a hug and she was like, oh, it's, it's good to have human contact and see people again. Like, can't we? Oh, man, it is nice to have human contact and see people again. And I just, oh, man, this this stinking COVID. I just wanted to kick rock. That's, that's, that's all of our New Year's resolutions at some point this year. Just kick rocks. All right, I'm a. It's curmudgeon. not going to, but I, I like the virtual just options. Kick I'm not going. I, I love the virtual options. I, I love. You like the work from home. I, I love being able to work from home. You know, it's it's, it's, it's an awesome change of scenery for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what we gotta do is we gotta this summer. You know what we should do. You know what we should actually do. We should hire an intern to produce the show there this we go. summer. It would just work. From and home. then you and I can just work from, from home. home all just, summer. We'll just call in, bro. We'll just call it. We'll, t- we'll tap right into the board here, cousin. I, I, it's e- I, I, we got I'll, this new fancy look, look, look. technology. It's I'll easy. even FaceTime you so we can still feel like we're seeing each other. Oh, absolutely. To keep our relationship we'll, good. With the producer, Come too. Come on, man. You know, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll hop we'll on Zoom them. or yeah. FaceTime or something together. Yeah, we can include them in there. <laughs> Motsi, I made a sweeping <laughs> statement on the show yesterday about Najee Harris and, and how Monday night felt like you know 188 yards in that performance. It felt like a changing of the guard. It felt like a passing of the torch for an offense that – you know, Ben Roethlisberger was the identity for so long. Uh, right. Having a having a Hall of Fame quarterback was the identity, a franchise quarterback for so long, and the, and the playmaking ability that was there and some of the talent that was surrounding him and how, you know, it feels like it's going to be Najee's offense coming back next year. And and you rightfully so laid out some points. Hey, maybe let's not put the, the cart before the horse and all these things and, and, and at the same time put all of that on Najee right now as well too. I was thinking about that yesterday driving home, right? Mm-hmm. Because, so, you know, when Arthur Motes puts me in my place, you know. Oh, no, I, always, I never put you in your place, I always, man. I always got to reflect and ponder and realize, wow. and realize how I can get better. Reflect and ponder? That's what we're on? Wow. I think what I really meant, right, as opposed to, like, new face of the franchise, yeah. new keys to the kingdom on offense, I was going too far with that. What I, what I think you saw Monday night and what I think we can all – you know, tr- hope for for transitioning here into mm-hmm. the next season in the post Ben era when you really close one chapter and and start another in the the history of the Steelers organization. I think that showed his value. That's yes. the better way yes. to put it. You know, that was a conversation that we had around Najee Harris leading up to the draft, uh, throughout most of this season. A lot of people, you know, when there's been the weeks that he's struggled and the offensive line struggled. With, well, should they have taken Christian Derrissaw instead, right? Like, we, we've done a lot. Oh, yeah. Imagine what this offensive line would be with Creed Humphrey. Although, that one's hard line, to deny because he was there in the second round, not the first round. Mm-hmm. Value around just taking a running back in the first round, and for us specifically with Najee Harris, that had been a real conversation around yes. the draft, in the offseason, and at points throughout this season. That's what I think we saw on Monday night. The value of having a running back who can shoulder that load and what that is going to mean to the next quarterback to have a guy like that in the backfield. That's the better way of of stating what I was trying to regurgitate yesterday. And I 100% agree with you right there. Now now you're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, that's the cheat code for— It definitely is. For a, a new quarterback learning a new system. If it's a young guy, if it's Mason Rudolph, even if it's a veteran, they're still going to be learning a new system. Yes. Having a guy like Najee— It's just a steady—it's it just it's a safety net. It's kind of like yes. what we say, running backs and tight ends are young quarterbacks' best friends. You have a great— best friend right now in Najee Harris and yeah you talk about 
however the transition goes, whichever direction they go, whether they go free agent, veteran quarterback, draft the guy, stay in-house, Najee is going to be a focal point to that player's success. Yes, And 100%. no different than what we saw with Ryan Tannehill. Think about how we saw Tannehill really develop when he got to Tennessee when he had that legitimate, consistent run game. Now we've seen him kind of evolve into an even better passer. We talked about Baker Mayfield at times, how he's really stood out because of when they really play through their running game, it just takes the pressure off of him. When you have a guy like Najee, regardless of what quarterback we roll out there next year, that is going to be a huge part of that player's success. Completely agree. What say you on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52? TheBody. That's where you get involved with the show right now. And as we roll along today, a reminder, about 15 minutes from now, we will be joined by our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Talk all things from Monday night, that emotional victory over the Browns and looking ahead to Baltimore. Motsi, as we start to look ahead to Baltimore, I mean, I tell you what, I am crushing these transitions today, Let's baby. Go. A little Three Things Thursday. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, a segment that producer Motes came up with earlier in the year. Simple concept. I'm a freeloader. You know, I don't really do any work. I just show up. Well, it's because you're Booby Miles. It's, it's God given. <laughs> you were just you walked in the studio one day and you were like, "Hey, it's Thursday. Let's do a little watch, scouting. I don't Three watch things film. Thursday. How about that? I don't watch film. I don't take notes. I don't study box scores. I don't even eat breakfast. I barely make my bed. I'm just here. It's God given. Yeah. The only thing I got to do is just show up with my black Nikes. Three Things Thursday, simple concept. Most of you are familiar, but for those of you who aren't, it's when we really start to deep dive into the Steelers' upcoming opponent. We give three things that we think they do well as a team, mm-hmm. three areas where they struggle, where they can be had as a team. A.K.A. Chief Keystyle, bang, bang. Don't like. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, as always, I lob it up to you where you want to start, the good or the bad. Are we feeling are we feeling enthusiastic or are we feeling cantankerous on this Thursday? Whew. Well, I'm always a cantankerous person. That's what my mother used to tell me. You have a very cantankerous uh, mood today. Nobody has ever said like, that oh, to wow. you in the history like, of Arthur Motes. No it, one's it, ever it, said it, that. And listen, the only reason I can tell you that is because you're can... only the second person I've ever heard say that word. And the only other person is my mother. Really? <laughs> cantankerous. Let's yes. Go. When yeah. she said it one time, she was like, yo, you, you could be very cantankerous sometimes. I'm like, mom. Did she actually say that? I'm like, mom. Every once in a while, now I've known you for 33 years. Every once in a while, you'll drop a word, and I'm like, all right, let me go look this up. Now, this is probably like, I don't know, like 10, maybe 12 years ago. Sure, sure. Because I'm in college where she says it to me, and I'm like, bro, what? What is, say that again? What is this? How do you spell it? Let's go with a C or a K. <laughs> Can you use it in a sense? <laughs> what's, the, what's the origin what's of this the word? What's the country of origin? <laughs> I got it right here. Cantankerous. Bad-tempered, yes, argumentative, and uncooperative. Yes. Motes, uh, no. yes. what does that sound like you? She said, you can be very cantankerous like at times. You? I was like, oh. And I had literally never heard that again. And I used to think I was cool. I would, like, drop it every once in a while, like, why are you being cantankerous today? Sure, sure. And they're like, ooh. So, so look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> ooh, look at the big brain on Brad. So it was just dope to hear you say it. I'm like, all right, all right. I remember you, Mama. I, 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 I gotcha. hear you. I hear you. I got you. Um, yeah, Arthur Motes, I think I could list about a thousand adjectives to describe you, and I still wouldn't get to cantankerous, but Mama does always know best, so who am I to argue? Man, I just try to, you know, stay nice and, and even kill when we're out here. You want to yeah. start with the cantankerous today, or you want to start with the good? Uh, I kind of do want to start with the cantankerous, because we usually start with the good, and, yeah. you know. And you know what? I don't, up, I don't you know? like the Ravens. The Ravens yeah. make me feel cantankerous, so let's I, I, go for I it. I agree. So with that being said, man, let's talk about their team health. 
I mean, I feel like yeah. every single week is somebody, is some, somebody of significance that can really help them win games not being available or being questionable. The past three weeks, who has it been? Lamar Jackson. Same situation this week, man. Mm-hmm. That, to me, changes a lot. You talk about the health of their secondary. It isn't good right now. The reason why they've given up so many yards, and I know it's going to sound weird when we speak on this. Like, they've given up a ton of yards, but they're not as bad as that stat reads, if it mm. makes sense. Like, they're yeah, more, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're no, more that opportunistic. Does, that Absolutely. They play more of an opportunistic style because the talent isn't there. But when you talk about no Marcus Peters, you talk about no Marlon Humphrey, you talk about Jimmy Smith being in and out of the lineup, even Anthony Averitt now is questionable. Those are four starting caliber corners, mm-hmm. two all pro caliber corners. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about your fifth and sixth and seventh best guys out there. It's going to look like that at times. But for me, the team health, I just I can't get over that. I mean, you look at the O-line. That's another spot, right? And those are the spots we're talking about that's happened since the season has started. That doesn't even date back to <laughs> everything that happened prior to week one. The rash of just like season-ending injuries the, the, the they had in the running back The final two weeks of room. the preseason yeah. for them, like, it was just out of, out, of those, out of control. So, for me, their team health is definitely the biggest thing that I do not like right now. It's a great one. You know what? Mine is also one that is kind of outside of the lines, outside of the X's and O's. First one for me is body language, mm, Arthur Motes. Okay. You watch this team play. You listen to their press conferences and their media availability, and you, you listen to uh, John Harbaugh yesterday. This is just a team that is crawling towards the finish line. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like, I'm not saying I blame them in that regard. You talked about it. Training camp, preseason, they were decimated with crucial injuries. That has continued throughout the year. They lost arguably the best young tackle in all of football. They've lost both of their all-pro caliber defensive backs. They've lost all their running backs. I mean, they have just been decimated with injuries. You combine that with the wheels falling off a little bit here. You know, they've lost five straight games, have the Ravens. Arthur Motes, they haven't won a game since Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you remember Thanksgiving? I remember. You know how long ago Thanksgiving was? I mean, we've had Christmas and New Year's since then. We're close. I, I remember. We're closer to Valentine's Day, I think, than we are to Thanksgiving. Are oh, you talking about the holiday for lovers? Bound chicken, wow, wow. Ow, ow. Moats, they've lost five straight, right? Am I doing them? One, two, three, four, five. They've lost five straight games, and they've lost seven of their last nine. When you combine that with all the injuries, with the COVID stuff, Lamar's banged up. Every key person on that team has been banged up. Eventually, I think you just, you know, you you can only continue to fight that you can only continue to next man up for so long I think this is just a team that is crawling towards the finish line again I don't blame them because I think that's just human nature when you have been as decimated as they have been and when you're on this losing streak now and you haven't won a game in over a month but their body language ain't great yeah and you know it's funny you said that about their body language for me my uh next point is decision making right decision making by John Harbaugh we talk about the two two point conversion attempts where the game he could have just tied it, went to overtime, and had a chance to compete. Yes. The reason I speak on I speak on those two moments specifically in the decision making in that moment and how it ties into what you just said is this: people try to praise Harbaugh for that and said what? Oh, he's being aggressive. He's going for the win. Yeah, in a game like that, you just go for the win, sure. But that was not the reasoning for why he went for two points. He said out of his mouth because of the injury to Marlon Humphrey when we were here in Pittsburgh. I didn't think that we were going to be able to stop them if it went to overtime. So you made that decision out of fear. You didn't make that decision because you were aggressive and felt confident. Correct. You correct. were basically saying, There's hey, a difference there. I think we're going to get beat if we go to overtime. 
I don't applaud that. That's not a high five. That's a man, you're scared and you have nothing else to do. So, oh, let me just do this. Like, nah, I want your decisions made from confidence. Mm-hmm. I want your decision to be, hey, I don't think they can stop us right here. I got Lamar Jackson. I think we're going to go ahead and win this game. That's the difference in the mentality. That's the difference when you talk about body language as well. Me having slumped shoulders versus me having my chest out. One projects what? Confidence. Mm -hmm. One projects what? Insecurity. Weakness. When I think of that, then I fast forward to next week. What? Green Bay. What do you say at the end of the Green Bay game? Yeah, man, I just didn't think, you know, that we would be able to hang with him if he went over. I'm like, bro, you just scored four touchdowns with your backup quarterback. What are you talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Why are you living you, in your fears? Right, your team does all of this to get there, yeah. to get a opportunity to tie it, to go into overtime. So you mean to tell me for four quarters you were good enough to tie this team, but you're not good enough to hang with them for an extra in, an extra period? For, what are we for, talking for about? Two more possessions. Like, like, just think about that. Yeah. And that's the part for me why I have my biggest issue with Harbaugh and this team right now because they're not making decisions from confidence. They're not making decisions with the uh, the mentality. Like when you watch Kansas City go for it. They're not worried about can they defense stop. They're saying, boy, you can't stop Mahomes. Right. It's that simple. Right. You can't stop us. They know what their identity is. They know Absolutely. what their bread and butter is, and they stick to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. If you're yeah. living in your fields, I feel like if you're living in your fears, I feel that you will always come up short. And when you watch this team, down the stretch now, they've come up short. And I understand the injuries, they play a part, sure. But you're not going to tell me that those two games wouldn't have made a difference. Completely At least give your team a chance. Completely agree. And maybe you get one of them, and now all of a sudden At your season's not chance. over and you're still in a position. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you on that. Number two for me, Moats, is ball security. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at it, the Ravens have the sixth worst turnover differential in the NFL. They're very loose with that and rock. And it's because their offense is very loose with that rock. 16 interceptions in 16 games. Hey, quick math. That's one per game. I can do that, baby. That means they're throwing an interception on average every single game. And obviously they've had some games with three or four interceptions and some with none, but you know how that works out. 16 interceptions in 16 games, seven fumbles that have been, you know, turnovers, not not just the ones that they recovered. Seven fumbles for a total of 23 turnovers in 16 games. Arthur Motes, that's not going to get the job done, particularly when you are playing with a lot of next man up, when you're missing a lot of key contributors. You know, you and I have talked about this at moments with the Steelers this season. When, when that's your reality, you've got to be buttoned up. You've got to be better in the margins. You've got to be better in the minutia. You've got to be the team that isn't turning the ball over. You've got to be the team that is winning the field position, position battle, all those things. The Ravens don't do that, and it's easy to see. Ball security is number two for me. I respect it. I respect it. Ball security has definitely been an issue for those dudes, man. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about passing the ball, mm-hmm. or you're talking about running the ball, any of those concepts, man, yes. But um, my last thing is their O-line. Um, it's terrible. I think it's right on par with our O-line. I think the biggest difference in terms of why it's not perceived as bad is because Lamar and Huntley have a lot more mobility Hmm. and they're able to escape a lot. But I also feel like part of the reason why Lamar struggles a little bit with his passing down the stretch and even Huntley to an extent is because of that pressure. They're not always able to set their feet. They're not always able to just get the snap and just survey the field. It's, I got to see this rush. I feel this rush. Let me get over here. Let me extend. Let me run backwards 10 yards. Let me run to the right 10 yards. Like, it's a lot more of that. And that's ultimately why they don't have these just gory sack numbers and pressure numbers. But at the same time, when you watch it and watch how it affects the quarterback play, it's very, very evident. And that's something that, yeah, it's like, I do not like that. Nope. Third and final one for me before we get to break and get to our buddy Brian Backo. You know, it's funny, Moats. I, 
I had a goofy one here, but I'm just gonna go with I'm gonna go with the easy low hanging fruit because I didn't want to double up. And look at us, we didn't double up, so I'll take the easy low hanging fruit. The last thing not to like is their pass defense. It's 32nd in the NFL out of oh wait, Arthur Mons, how many teams are in the NFL again? Uh, it's like 30 something, right? 32. Ah, yes. Dead last. And again, there's rhyme to that reason. Their secondary is decimated, right? Marcus Peters, not Jason Peters. I was, about to say, I, I was waiting on that long pause. <laughs> Marcus Peters and, and Marlon Humphrey are, are both out for the year. And, and those guys are two fantastic corners. I think Marlon Humphrey's the most underrated defensive back probably in the entire NFL. Marcus Peters, while he's a little feast or famine, he's a very good player. They're down those guys. They've been asking Jimmy Smith to play a, a huge role, and he's a nice piece. He's a nice guy to have in depth, but he's not he's not that guy, pal. 32nd out of 32nd in terms of pass yards surrendered per game. I, I don't think we need to, like, I don't need to come out of left field with my third and final one here. The third thing not to like about Baltimore is they surrender way too many yards through the air. Whew. Sounds like you were 100% correct as well, as we talked about. But it's always good when we are on one accord, but not on Ab- the exact so, same accord. Absolutely. What we'll do is in our final segment, before we get to your tweets, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions, we'll give the things that we think Baltimore is doing well. And those might be a little bit harder to come up with at this point in the season. We'll give our final three uh, things for Three Things Thursday. Uh, later on in the show, we'll get to your tweets, your reaction. You can give us yours as well, too, at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. And coming up next here, we got to get to break because it's our buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mr. Brian Bacco. Mozi. all right, what are the odds here? Okay, set the odds for me that this phone call goes smoothly, that I don't mess anything up, that I know how to use all the new equipment here in the studio. See, I don't live in my fear, so I'm going to say 100%. So, so I'm like, I'm like, we're like minus three hundred that yeah. this phone call with Brian Bacco goes off without a hitch. We're heavy, we're heavy favorites. It's like Alabama against South Southern Mississippi Central University. I, I, ain't State. I feel like what you already asking that though, you got that hardball in you already. I feel like you already got that. That fear has crept in. I hate how correct you are. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we'll get on the line one way or the other with Brian Bacco when we come back on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.